When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. again serve you those sounds of salvation first time listeners out there thanks for being here the pleasure is all yours joining me tonight is the man himself the professor is live and direct and of course a veteran here on the program it's always nice to catch up with jim thank you ladies and gentlemen for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds here we are again on a night like this you too can get involved. Give us a call. That number is 424-666-2425. Don't be shy. Jim and I would love to hear from you. We've got the fallout from the debate to cover. And of course, we have all the latest musings. We've got audio. I sincerely hope you join the conversation here tonight, folks. I'll be getting some questions from you out there in the chat room. And I apologize for the technical difficulties. I'm not quite sure what was going on, but I'm glad we're here. Now, without further ado, let's bring in the freight train, Jim Fetzer. Jim, how are you? Oh, Michael, I'm delighted to be back with you again, my friend. It's always such a pleasure. I'm not sure what happened the first time there, but we are back YouTube could not suppress us any longer. Jim, I want to welcome you back to the program, and I respect you, Jim. You are someone that's looked upon as being a very respectable and essential researcher in the conspiracy fringe, Jim. Well, I'm trying to make it mainstream, Michael, because uh, conspiracies are as American as apple pie. When I published my first serious scholarly work explaining how you can sort out conspiracy theories from theories in the weak sense as rumors, conjectures, or speculations, the theories in the strong sense of empirically testable explanatory hypotheses, 
like Newton's theory of gravitation, Einstein's theory of relativity, Darwin's theory of evolution, I went through a then-current issue of the New York Times, and on every single page there were multiple stories you could not understand if you didn't appreciate they were reporting on a conspiracy. Most American conspiracies are economic, but there are plenty of political conspiracies. And when you ponder, the conspiracies only require two or more individuals acting in concert to bring about an illegal end, and in order to be prosecutable to have taken some step in advancement of the conspiracy, you realize why it's the most widely prosecuted crime in America. That's right. That's why people go to jail for conspiracies. Absolutely right. So, you know, there's I just said it's been a triumph of CIA propaganda to promote the idea of conspiracy theory as therefore necessarily being untestable, speculative, and and empirically vacuous. What I do is to take theories from the weak sense to the strong, bringing together experts in different fields where I myself am not, and where we've discovered that sorting out the authentic from the fabricated evidence is the key, because once you know the difference, it's relatively easy to ascertain what actually happened and who is responsible, and indeed very often the very fact that evidence has been fabricated uh, reduces the scope of suspects in a case. For example, the JFK autopsy x-rays were altered to conceal a massive fist-sized blowout at the back of the head. Well, who could have done that? Uh, the, 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 the KGB can't have right. reached into Bethesda Naval Hospital to alter x-rays under control of naval medical officers or the Secret Service. Uh, when we discover that the brain shown in diagrams and photographs in the National Archives isn't even the brain of JFK. Fidel Castro, anti-Castro Cubans couldn't have done that. When you discover the whole movie, the Zapruder film has been massively edited and revised so that it ought to have had around a 1,000 frames, but we only have 487. Uh, you know, the, 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 the mafia couldn't have done that. That's I mean, right. give us a break. So, you know, it turns out there's a very small group that could have made these kinds of moves, and they include the CIA, and they include elements of the military where the Joint Chiefs threw in, where Lyndon Johnson was the mastermind, and of course he was in an ideal position to control the flow of events thereafter as president to ensure that no one who actively participated in the assassination of his predecessor would ever pay a penalty therefore. That's right. And Jim, early on, when we were first trying to record and get this out live, when we were having uh, technical difficulties earlier, I had told you that my listeners, you know, they love you so much. They wanted you and I to have a show together. And I thought, well, wh what do you think this is? This is, th this is Jim's show, basically, the free train. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Right, which is the nickname <laughs> the, the listeners gave yeah. you, and Jim, you know that very much, and uh, I mean, you know that very well, rather, and um, I think the reason why they gave you that nickname, and I told you before, and I'll repeat it, it's because of your vivacious personality, my friend. Well, I think it's because I'm carrying a loaf and I deliver, and, uh, you know, in a, in a timely fashion, so I, I like it. I like it. I like it. Freight train fits really well. Love that. I I, I would I would add, Michael. I mean, you're welcome to 
slow me down, if you like, to turn to this second debate because I predicted in advance, and I did live coverage of the first with two fellows I'm collaborating with now on a daily show called Need to Know, know the FEMSA report, Uh, Giuseppe Vafangulo from the District of Criminals, as he calls it, and David Scorpio from the exotic land of Ecuador, both of whom have their own shows on Revolution Radio, where I have returned and now do my own show on Mondays and Tuesdays from 3 to 5 Central Time. Uh, we did a live coverage of the first debate and then live coverage of the vice presidential and now live coverage of the second and final debate. Well, I was predicting that they'd have to bring back the same guy they used for the first debate, who was a body double, a very close facsimile, but not Joe Biden. Right. There are numerous indicators, which I may have reviewed uh, on our last conversation, Michael, including that Joe Biden has earlobes, meaning where his ears connect to his skin, the ears go upward, so you have a distinct portion hanging down separate as though it were a lobe, whereas the body double who is standing in on the debates has ears that connect directly to the skin. They do, does not have earlobes. Turns out ears are very difficult to mess with and are as distinctive as fingerprints, so that's a sure tell. In addition, the stand-in is a more diminutive version of Joe Biden, and he has a slightly narrower skull. Joe Biden has a rounder skull, a larger, he's a larger guy. And uh, if you look at Joe Biden's chin, well, when he smiles, there is a dimple. This guy has a dimple chin from the beginning. Not only that, but there were behavioral indicators. Joe Biden always tied his tie with a double Windsor. This guy ties his tie with a single Windsor. Uh, in addition, Joe Biden, we knew already, had been reported to have had a, a skull implant so he could take uh, transmitted wireless transmissions of information through his ear without having to wear a wire where this guy who was standing was wearing a wire. Plus, uh, James Woods, this, you know, the Hollywood actor, very politically astute and very adept at using Twitter, noted that this standing in brown eyes whereas Biden is blue. And in fact, you take a close-up of the eyes are very, very different. The surrounding wrinkles and appearance is completely different. It, it, it seems that the president even has picked up on this because I'm looking at a tweet. Now, this is, this is Trump speaking. Now, I have to tell you, he's a different guy. He looks different than he used to. He acts different than he used to. He's even slower than he used to be. I like that. Really? Yeah. What What I did in addition now in uh, reviewing the second debate was to get pictures of the double with a family. So I have several photographs where of Joe Biden walking with his family versus the body double walking with a family. And when you see Joe and Jill, they're always arm in arm or hand in hand. Typically, she'll have his her her hand around his his arm, and he's always smiling. Joe Biden characteristically had a quite considerable, noticeable, very distinctive smile. So I took a couple photographs of of, of Joe with Jill and interposed one of the body double with Jill. And they're not only not arm-in-arm, they're not even hand-in-hand, and she's not looking happy, and he's not smiling. 
So even the body lam- language is indicative. Jim, I, 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 gotta... I guarantee I've, I've done a lot of this uh, body, du- right. body double comparison, Michael. And the yes. guy the Democrats are putting up as Joe Biden is not Joe Biden. Frankly, I find that incredibly insulting. Well, hold on there, Jim. They got away with, with Hillary, Michael. Sure. They use six or eight different body doubles with Hillary, including the best of the best. Who was younger, thinner, much more attractive? They put up on the stage because she'd be far more appealing to voters to debate both Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. And I think the way they got away with it, they developed a, a voice morphing technology. There was this little metal box that was in the Hillary double's mouth at the time that several commented upon that gives you a voice that is indistinguishable from the real. So you actually had the voice of Hillary Clinton. You got the voice of Joe Biden. It's just that this isn't Hillary and that isn't Joe. Right. And by the way, I wanted to revert your attention back to one of the photographs that you had uh, posted up on your website there. And it's the photograph of Joe Biden's eyes. You say uh, the first is brown and the second is uh, blue. Yeah. And now yeah, I have Kyle that up has there. Brown eyes and Joe has blue eyes. Uh, as I, James Woods was really the first to note that too. He 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 put out a tweet about how you know he did after the after the first debate with Chris Wallace, reflecting on the fact that the moderator was taking such a role. He said Trump crushes a debate opponent, Chris Wallace, and there was another fellow on the stage muttering to himself, you know. But he was the first to point out that this this guy had brown eyes where Joe has blue. And it and you look at the wrinkles and so forth and just the area around the eyes, Michael, and you see what I'm saying here. Their eyes are really quite different. Yeah, I'm seeing that now, and they definitely look uh, very much different. And I'm glad we are talking about this as this was something that I wanted to uh, bring to your attention. But since we are just starting off here, Jim... Um, before we got cut off the first time, I was telling you how my listeners really have uh, taken you in, Jim. They they just adore you. But at first, they were kind of resistant at first. But you won them over, Jim, and uh, that's that's a great thing. And that well, I would I would I wouldn't be surprised, mm-hmm. Michael, if that was because in early interviews we were talking about Sandy Hook. And that was so cleverly designed to have maximal emotional input. You know, the, the alleged the shooting of 20 children, if you take it at face value, if you're supposed to actually happen, it's horrifying. Right. The six adults, just little frosting on the cake. But once you're hit with an emotional wallop like that, you tend to lose your ability to reason analytically about an issue. I even had a falling out with my only sister, I have five brothers, one full brother, a half-brother by my mother and stepfather, and then three brothers and a half-sister by my father and stepmother, where the youngest died at an early age of spinal meningitis, but the others are all alive, uh, though my full brother is in bad shape. He had a stroke years ago and was deprived of oxygen for too much time. It did brain damage, so he's lost his short-term memory, Understood. we can have a conversation, 
one day, and if I were to call him up the next, he would not recall the conversation. Understood. Yeah, I want to, it's that deprivation of oxygen to the brain, by the way, that's so risky with masks we're being asked to wear. This is one of the great threats of a Biden administration mandate wearing masks. Well, the leading expert on masks has reported that it's actually criminal to have children or young adults wear masks because they need the oxygen, that the death of these brain cells is irreversible. She predicts that in two years, we're going to have an exponential increase in dementia as a consequence of having done so much damage to our brains. And I just look around and I see so many people wearing these masks now, when I have to, for conventional, I wear it below my nose so that I'm actually able to breathe. Actually, even from a small, uh, you know, more or less a paper mask, and none of these masks, by the way, can protect you from the virus because the virus is too small. It's, it's, it's much too tiny to be filtered out by these masks on the order of the mask being able to filter at three microns and the virus being one micron, they can just penetrate the mask. So they don't offer the protection. It's an illusion. And the reason we're getting so many uh, cases, the cases are increasing exponentially, is that 90% of the cases being reported are false positives. They're relying on the... uh, The CPR test, which is actually just a multiplier, it'll take a fragment of any RNA you might have that's residual from once having had a cold, which is in the coronavirus family, and multiply. So you get a positive for coronavirus, but it's not the SARS-CoV-2 virus that is supposed to be the one doing us so much damage. Reminding me of the Rod Serling saying you know, in the midst of the twilight zone, imagine a virus so lethal that you have to be tested to know you have it. It's pretty outrageous, no doubt. And of course, going back to what we were discussing uh, before we were first cut off, since 2016, I witnessed numerous people cut ties with family and friends over politics, Jim. And you just revealed to all of us here that you had some sort of falling out with uh, your sister, correct? I did, I did, I did. Now, and that was over um, political ideologies, correct? Well, it was over Sandy Hook, actually. Just Sandy know, Hook. We talked about my lawsuit, and of course, the, the 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 court, contrary to my expectations, violated the legal, the statutes and protocols for a summary judgment, which every student of law knows is inappropriate in a defamation case because there's a highly subjective element to what is or isn't defamatory. Hmm. And right. therefore, it should always be sent to a jury, especially if there's any issue in dispute. Summary judgments are only applicable when there are no facts in dispute. But the authenticity of the death certificate, my denial of which was the subject of the lawsuit, remained in dispute. Not only did the judge deny my right to produce all the evidence I had that no one had died at Sandy Hook, which would be prima facie grounds for questioning the authenticity of a death certificate from a victim of Sandy Hook. But when he narrowed the focus to the death certificate per se, and I produced two forensic document experts, both of whom testified that not only was a death certificate I'd published, over which I was being sued, a fabrication, but that three other 
versions of the death certificate that had emerged during the course of the trial were also fabrications. The judge actually had a conversation with a plaintiff's attorney saying, you know, if I, if I exclude this from evidence, then that's ground for an appeal. So I'm just going to set it aside as someone else's opinion. I found this completely outrageous. It was entirely wrong. And uh, this he was making this adjudication with a plaintiff's attorney before I'd even been allowed to speak to present my case in the summary judgment. I mean, uh, Michael, it was outrageous. And, th and then... They, they forgot to find that I'd done anything wrong. There's no liability without fault, but they actually never got around to establishing I'd done anything wrong because I explained in the context of the book and elsewhere where I brought together 13 experts why I had concluded as I had about the authenticity of the death certificate, and they never found that there was anything wrong that right. I was at fault in my reasoning. Now, it turned out, that a couple of the arguments I'd included that had to do with varying typefaces and textual differences were because uh, there are three stages to the completion of a death certificate. One, the gray area is filled out by the medical examiner as the cause of death, and there's a top area that's filled out by the funeral director about the burial, and then there's the bottom filled out by the town custodian of records, a new town clerk in this case, so that that accounted for the varying typefaces and so forth and the textual difference. But the fact is that a, a, a woman who has been punished in Colorado because she was exposing judicial corruption uh, and who has had her license suspended uh, or revoked was offering me just opinions, legal advice, pro bono, no cost no, uh, involved, did some legal research and discovered that in Connecticut, not even a parent can have an uncertified death certificate, where the death certificate I published had neither town nor state certification, didn't even have a file number. So that, you know, on legal grounds, I was uh, in an impeccable position so that you can draw your own inferences about what transpired, therefore, but I assure you that the grounds for my appeal are quite solid. Those are serious blunders on the part of the court, and one, therefore, is left to speculate how they could possibly have happened, since basically a first-year law student would have known better. I agree. It's outrageous that they had to drag you down the mud like that, and, of course, there was the infamous Rolling Stones article about you, Jim. Well, uh, Rolling Stone article, there was, a, there was an article in a Chronicle of Higher Education, which is a publication for faculty and teachers. But uh, the fact of the, the matter is that it was a deliberate lawsuit. It falls into the category of what's known as a slap suit, a strategic lawsuit against public participation that's intended to punish someone who exposes, let us call them state secrets, which are illegal in 27 states. So they were really suing me to try to tarnish the book, and they actually used it to leverage getting the PDF, which I'd released for free to the public after Amazon banned it less than a month after it went on sale, even though it had sold nearly 500 copies, recognizing it was a purely political decision. I released it for free as a PDF, and a friend of mine 
who's kept track of these matters, has told me it's been downloaded more than 10 million times from the Internet, Michael, which is glorious. Right. Uh, because, you know, I wasn't in it for the money. I was in to get the truth out. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've been largely successful, but this lawsuit was brought both to punish me yeah. and to have a legal leverage to go after people who were making it available as a PDF by exaggerating the consequences of the lawsuit as though they'd be legally vulnerable if they were now to make it available because it would be repeating the defamation of which I'd been found guilty. Any comment on Alex Jones tucking his tail between his legs? Well, it's pretty sad. You know, they're, they're for Quite sad. Alex Jones has done a lot of good in relation to the two, first two of the four stages of scientific inquiries, the first of which is puzzlement. Something doesn't fit into your background knowledge. He sure tried to get away from you, though, Jim. He was trying to distance himself way far away from you, Jim, in that deposition. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a deposition he gave where he even said he never even read the book. Well, I mean, how can (laughs) the guy be a serious student of Sandy Hook and not read the book? He's so silly. The experts, including six Carter retired PhD professors, when we established the school had been closed by 2008, that it was loaded with asbestos and other biohazards damaged by hurricane. It wasn't habitable for students or faculty, for that matter. And where, you know, they had closed the school, uh, we had multiple proofs thereof, even including a photograph of the parking lot that day, remarkably enough, because it turns out it doesn't show the familiar blue and white signage for handicapped parking. Well, what that meant was that the school wasn't in compliance with the American for Disability Act legal state and federal requirements, and therefore could not have been legally operating as a public school. It had entries and exits that were not wheelchair accessible. There's a wooden stairway where there was actually a steel pipe sticking out that could pop the eye out of a little kid if he ran into it inadvertently that no wheelchair could navigate. Uh, a, a, a contractor went over there in 2010. He was visiting a friend in nearby Monroe, and unknown to him, the friend was going to the school to pick up some student chairs and desks on the cheap for his kids he is at home, and he just wrote up about it, uh, how deplorable was the condition, how the caretakers had been condemned. He thought it would be torn down, and this was in 2010, which is, of course, perfectly consistent with our conclusion that it had been closed by 2008. And then they refurbished it to serve as the stage for the event in 2012. And would you believe in the book, we even have a series of 50 photographs in Chapter 8 about how they refurbished the school, about bringing in the driving, the, the big vans with furniture and stuff and doing a little this and a little that to tidy it up a bit. But the school was in completely deplorable condition. This is something that Wolfgang Halbig was very astute at observing. Wolfgang was a former Florida State trooper, a former U.S. Customs agent, a former school principal, and a nationally recognized school safety expert. Have you talked to Wolfgang, by the way, Jim? I haven't heard much from him in a while. I spoke to him most recently, I would say three or four weeks ago. Oh, shit. Pretty pretty recent then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was inviting Wolfgang to be a speaker at a conference, but, he, he, you know, I, that I've now moved to the 5th and 6th of December. It was going to be in Austin on the 
7th and 8th of November. But because of all the coronavirus, we were concerned there might be a lockdown, that we might be quarantined in Austin in a hotel for two weeks. Right. That would be exorbitantly expensive. And the production costs were going to be such that it was much simpler and more efficient to make it a virtual conference. I've even been able now to add additional speakers uh, and topics to the program, which I will be unveiling perhaps as early as tomorrow uh, at, at the site of false flag conspiracies 2020.com. But it's it, the, you only find a statement about it now. It's just that the details are going on behind the scene to lay out the whole program and all that. It's really very impressive, Michael, and it's going to be rather inexpensive uh, for the whole conference. I think for a hundred bucks, you can get both days and for one day for 75. But I'm telling you, the speakers are so wonderful. And I'm going to do question and answer Love sessions that. myself because I'm the moderator of the whole program. After the morning sessions, during the lunch break, I'll be fielding questions from the public. The, the dinner break, I'll be fielding questions from the public. And in the evening, after the last session, I'll be fielding questions from the public. And the same thing on Sunday as well as Saturday. And I rather like this change in in date for several reasons, among which is that Sunday will be my 80th birthday. Oh, nice. Jim, look at that. Look at you, Jim. I know. What a coincidence. But, you know, talking about family and friends, yeah, I had a falling out with my sister Your who was sister. arrested with Jane Fonda doing some kind of protest. I think it was about climate change. Oh, my. She spent three hours in a paddy wagon. And I guess this was shortly before the – the, the jury for damages came out with its verdict where they held me liable for $450,000 for having published four sentences about the authenticity of the death certificate that the court won't allow me to reiterate. And uh, she was very upset with me. And I said to her, Julia, I said, but have you looked at the evidence? And she said, I don't have to look at the evidence. Oh, no. So she could know the difference between true and false. My God, I hope everyone today can tell from all this nonsense, including the suppression of all the content of the Hunter Biden laptop, for example, that the mainstream is not publishing, NPR isn't talking about, that Leslie Stahl told Donald Trump during their 60 Minutes interview that's going to be played edited by NBC tomorrow, but where the president's already released it, that they couldn't talk about uh, about the laptop and its purported contents because it hadn't been verified. Well, now it turns out right before this debate, uh, an ex-business partner of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden testified of his own personal knowledge that Joe Biden had been involved in these business activities with Hunter in relation to China and Ukraine because he was there interacting with them when it happened. Plus, of course, the laptops were, the laptop, two laptops were brought in. One was water damaged, the other not, and then Hunter came back with a keyboard. The The fellow who received them at this uh, Apple repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware, said Hunter seemed to be drunk or intoxicated, maybe high from crack, because he's seems to have crack cocaine addiction. And he just, I think he just forgot about it. I mean, look, this may be the most consequential effect of not paying an $85 repair bill in all of world history. 
because uh, what was found there, there are 40,000 emails about all these corrupt business deals implicating the vice president. Some of them implicate uh, Barack Obama. Uh, others seem to tie in with Kamala Harris. I well, mean, Jim, thing, well, well, Jim uh, shit happens, Jim, when you're smoking crack. I know, I know. <laughs> That's the a huge story. Right. The FBI has the laptop. You know, uh, Rudy Giuliani's been reporting about it. So, look, here's what the mainstream could do. Well, according to Rudy Giuliani, there's all this stuff on this laptop. We haven't been able to verify it. And then if if they were ever to bother to verify it, which I think will turn out to be very easy to do. Well, Jim, let me stop you right there. Think of all the refutation of Rudy and how embarrassing (laughs) to the president that his personal lawyer was making these false claims. Except, of course, they aren't false. And they're just using this claim that they can't verify it because they don't want to talk about it and they need an excuse. Jim, by the way, I've seen the, uh, well, one of many videos, I assume, that were on Hunter Biden's laptop. So I saw one of the videos, so you don't have to, Jim. <laughs> but I've got audio that I got audio of, of that video. I can't show that here because we would be taken off right. uh, for, you well, know, pornographic. Yeah, let, let me mention two or three points that make, uh, Leslie Stahl's position completely absurd and indefensible. We got a photograph of Hunter asleep with a crack pipe came out of his mouth. Now, that, that there's been no denial of the photographs or the authenticity of the content from the Biden campaign. They have made no such denial. That's, a, that's an implied form of admission that they are authentic. And also, we seem to have a video where Hunter is engaged in an online a video conversation with a woman I take to be a girl, 14-year-old girl, I take to be his niece. That was his he's niece. walking down yes. naked, smoking crack. Right. Which means he's exposing himself to a 14-year-old girl, or Giuliani has explained he's turned this over to the Delaware police. I mean, there are all kinds of crimes involved here. There are other videos we're told. I've not seen where Hunter is actually torturing and raping a young Chinese girl. Well, that I wouldn't know. I didn't see that one. Well, there's a treasure trove there. And the point I'm making is this. The mainstream, if it hasn't personally yet verified, can report what they're hearing about it from Rudy Giuliani. Now we got an eyewitness. uh, Bobolinsky, I think is the fellow's name. He used to be a lieutenant in the Navy. That's a position equivalent to captain in the Marine Corps. I mean, that would normally be a responsible person of his own knowledge. You can get an eyewitness to all this. That's obvious verification. The point is that the mainstream is running away from it rather than reporting it because right. it's devastating to the Biden campaign to which they are 100% committed. Yeah, I have a photograph right now of Hunter Biden, and I see he's laying in a bathtub smoking a cigarette, one of him smoking a crack pipe, well, asleep with a crack pipe in his mouth. The other one, he's posing as a GQ model, I guess. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think that's yeah. what he's doing now. I'm not well, quite sure. It's fascinating how Hunter is bringing down, exposing the whole Biden crime family, which includes not only the big guy, the which big is guy. referred to Joe Biden. <laughs> the big guy, yes. His uncle, whose name is uh, Jim Biden, and Hunter. And then Neos Bobolinsky was one of the partners, and we got the explanation about the divvying up of the benefits, the money coming in, and how much goes to the big guy. And Bobolinsky's explained that they were paranoid about never mentioning Joe Biden. 
Oh, 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 well, get this. I love this. We have uh, Jill Biden is now speaking out about it. And Jill Biden is saying uh, she finds it outrageous, all these smears about her family. Mm. Okay. Jill Biden breaks her silence about Hunter. The American people don't want to hear these smears against my family. And she goes on uh, The View, a, you know, a popular with uh, liberal women especially. I've watched The View from time to time. Sure. Ruby Goldberg's on there, Joy Behar. And intermittently you have a conservative member and they get in these arguments well, she's saying they're smears. Well, smears are false claims that are intended to damage a reputation. They're a form of defamation. But guess what? We got right here in the same series of articles I'm putting into Need to Know on Monday, Joe Biden met with son's business partner from Kazakhstan that's in Ukraine, and we got a photograph of Joe Biden with a guy. I mean, that means it's all true. Remember, Joe told us he never had anything to do with his son's business ventures in Ukraine, China, or anywhere else. Well, here's a photograph uh, of, of Joe Biden posing with Hunter Biden and Kenis Rashev Kazakhian Kazakhstan oligarch. I mean, this is all related to Burisma. I mean, it's all embarrassingly bad. I mean, Jim, I, I got to be honest with you. Who really knows? I mean, imagine if Hunter Biden was actually running for president and people saw these scandals happening with him. Maybe they even might might even like Hunter Biden. They're, they're going to say, you know, I kind of like my candidate smoking crack and doing these things. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's pretty outrageous, but I mean, it, it might connect with some people out there. You never know. Well, but let me tell you how, how bad it is. People are uh, insane, Jim. So you never know. Jill, I have put together photographs now uh, to confirm my conclusion that this is not uh, Joe Biden on the stand, of him walking with a family. And what you find out when Joe Biden walks with the family, when he walks with Jill, they're either arm in arm or hand in hand. And Joe has this big smile on his face. Joe is a big smiler. Well, I got a photograph of the body double walking with a family, and he's not smiling. Uh, Jill isn't glowing like she typically is when she has his ar her arm in Joe's arm. She's not even got his her arm. She's not even, you know, entwined with him. They're not even holding hands. I mean, in other words, the body language, too, further confirms, which means that when Joe Biden is complaining about all these smears, she's participating in a massive swindle on the American people because she knows the guy up there on the stage debating Donald Trump is not her husband, Joe Biden. My goodness, I'm not quite sure I have the photograph available, the one you're referring to right now, Jim. Uh, that's not on your website, right? Oh, not yet. It'll be there. It'll be in the show on Monday. Ah, okay. No problem. No problem. No, so it'll be on Twitter. For the show on uh, 26 October, Need to Know, you'll find it right there. Yes, Need to Know, that's the new show that you can find Jim on. Just look it up on YouTube, and you you will see Jim and a panel of other uh, hosts, correct? Yeah, well, two other commentators. Yeah, the three of us share. I, I anchor, and they are, as it were, color commentators, and they're very, very good. Here's another. Wait a minute, Jim, 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 I got to stop you there. Jim, hold, hold your horses there. I, I got to reveal this one to the audience since we were talking about fallouts with family and friends. Let, let's finish this up really quickly. 
Um, we're all aware that your wife is a Democrat, Jim. And I know you must have gotten some sort of verbal lashing, possibly during the debates. And my audience is always at a standstill, Jim, when I'm asking you these questions. They absolutely love hearing uh, you and your wife go back and forth here on the program. <laughs> they love that. Well, look, I mean, you know, during the debate, she watches it upstairs in the living room. And oh, I'm no. down here on the computer doing the live color commentary as it takes place. Right. So she, she didn't give you a verbal yeah. lashing afterwards. Well, look, you know, you live with each other long enough. You can have a little verbal eruption, and then you just go on about your business, you know, like nothing had happened. That's good. I mean, At least she's we, not we, stroppy with you, like the Brits like to say. Uh, Well, she doesn't mince words when she <laughs> thinks I am wrong. And, you know, she's made some pretty emphatic statements about her confidence in my uh, research abilities or credibility. I mean, this is my <laughs> wife. Love that. <laughs> I, I, it, it, I think it's not all that uncommon around the world. It's not just at I'm all. a bit more prominent in this area than most uh, spouses, you know. Yeah, so. it's not something that's discussed very often. I, I just like to bring it to light just to, let, yeah. just to remind everyone that we're all human here and oh, yeah. we're always going to face this. And, I, you know, Jim, I don't pick my friends because of their political views and I don't cut ties with people over politics or religion. I'm not the thought police, and I have zero gain uh, in knowing who you're going to vote for or what you believe in. You know, I respect right. my fellow Americans out there for better or for worse. You know, it's not like we, we can just move so freely anywhere. We have to cope with, with one another and somehow become united, Jim. Oh, I agree completely. I mean, that's one of the great things about America. You're entitled to your own opinion. That's and it right. used to be you were able to express it. But now, yeah, now you Twitter get trouble. And Google and Facebook and, you know, they, they've all, YouTube massively imposed all kinds of censorship. This guy who sued me has openly acknowledged having been responsible for taking down 1,500 videos from YouTube. That's right. But, which were about Sandy Hook. And this is a guy who claimed damages for having suffered PTSD. Well, somebody who has PTSD avoids the stimuli right. that brought it about, which would be anything to do with Sandy Hook. But he not only doesn't avoid it, he goes eagerly after it. During one interview he had with a fellow in Berlin who's on his side, he acknowledged that he and his group, which is misnamed the H-O-N-R, as though it were honor when they're totally dishonorable, have been responsible for removing tens of thousands of content items from the Internet. Tens of thousands of content items from the Internet. And that's me and you too, Jim. Oh, he's like the tip of a spear. They took us down before, Jim, in the previous channel. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that gentleman, by the way. Yeah. But, Jim, yeah. Um, before we move along here... You know, we, we we aren't past the Hunter Biden scandal just yet. I do have audio of that here for you, Jim. You know, I can't show that on the screen, but okay. we, we can play a little bit of audio for you. And I'm pretty sure you can distinguish the voice of one Hunter Biden in this audio clip here. Uh-oh, we, it's not loading now. Am I going to have to fast forward this video a little bit? Yep, I'm going to have to. Yes, there's there's lots of talking in the beginning of this video and it's in Chinese, I would have to say. So you have to sort of fast forward this video and sure. Yes. You, yes. You, you get a very dark and grim sort of image of one Hunter Biden laying on his back 
And the woman, um, well, she's performing a sort of sex act on our friend Hunter Biden. Uh, but not orally, Jim. She is performing with her feet. Well, okay. Yeah. He's a freak. What's known, what's known as a foot job. A foot job. That's right. Um, but yes, yeah, so here's the Chinese people arguing, going crazy. You're going to hear that. And then, folks, you're going to get past all these, um, the CCP going nuts here. And then it fast forwards to Hunter Biden, who is laying on his back. And now we have audio. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing it for nine years. We got one kid that came out of Malay and placed with David Bronco. Look at that. That is totally professional. Literally. Look at that. I haven't seen that one there. So amazing. Look at that. Oh my god. There's Hunter. Oh shit. Excited. He was saying that's a professional foot job he's getting there, Jim. Oh my god. And now you're seeing feet going up and down and Hunter Biden laying down uh, naked on our bed. It's pretty amazing. And uh, Jim, the the best part of this video is while he is getting this foot job being performed on him, he actually starts smoking crack at the very same time, Jim. Leading me to stall would not be impressed. <laughs> assure you, we can't verify any of this. Oh, it's him, all right. It's him hitting the crack pipe there, uh, Jim. And they gotta say, she just said her she didn't know her foot could do that. And uh, I gotta say, Jim, Hunter Biden, he seems like this is not this is not the first time this has happened to him. Well, at least we know now he has a career in um, adult films now, Jim. If the political career doesn't work out, just as Joe has a career making commercials for Depends after politics. There you go. All right, Jim, I'm gonna have to cut this. Oh, I know. Uh, just right, too di- right. I don't want to see this anymore. This was disturbing. How outrageous. My God. But Jill says those are just smears against her family. How are they smears? It looks just like Hunter Biden, and it sounds like him, and the same motions, the same, uh, well, you know, everything there is um, Hunter Biden, from what I could tell. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jim. I mean, I mean, look. I mean, this, this is such a disgrace. How many other people do you think are doing this on a normal, regular basis, Jim? There's got to be plenty of politicians that are doing the same thing in a hotel somewhere in Dubai. Oh, sure. There's got to yeah, be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean you know, as prostitutes That's and right. all that? Uh, of course. I mean, it's a it's a pastime, very common among. It's a dark moment among uh, political figures and and the elite who want to lead us, right? They claim they're superior to us. And, you know, what what can we say? There it is. There it is, Jim. The evidence is readily available. And when anyone like Leslie Stahl claims we can't talk about it because it hasn't been verified, it's bullshit. That's right. There's plenty of verification. There's plenty of evidence there. They don't want to talk about it because it is devastating to the Democratic Party and their nominee, who 
isn't even Joe Biden. I mean, it's just ridiculous beyond words, Michael. Ridiculous. That's right. And also, I just got a reminder from Dr. Mangale in the chat room who says, what about Rudy Giuliani and Borat's sister? All these people are compromised. And I do know what clip he's referring to. Rudy Giuliani being a victim of one Sasha Cohen Baron in his new movie, uh, Borat 2. I'm reading the proper name of the title, but oh, if you look at someone was yeah. telling me about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody said Rudy. Uh, Rudy is uh, is a saint. That's true. Uh, right. Rudy has his human weaknesses, but Rudy sure. isn't running for president of the United States. I agree. I agree. It, it was just a very strange situation, and it was hilarious to watch. Uh, either way, I mean, I have a sense of humor. I thought it was fantastic, but of course, yeah, other people I don't feel that way. I haven't seen it yet, Michael, but I, I gather that's the case. Yeah. I, I bet my reaction would be indistinguishable from yours. I was amused, but, you know, others aren't. And by the way, here's that clip from uh, 60 Minutes, the one where um, the president walks off. I'm sure this is what you were referring to earlier, Jim. Sure, go for it. Let me ask you what you think your uh, the biggest domestic priority is for you right now. Uh, well, ultimately, let, let me, and I, I'll tell you, it was happening. We created the greatest economy in the history of our country, and the other side you was know coming that, in. You know that's not true. It is totally true. No. Virtually every number was the best. We had the best economy ever, and what was happening is things were coming well, together. Well, I asked you, what's the time. priority? I mean, those are all the yeah, good things. The what do you priority have to now solve? is to get back to normal, get back to where we were, to have the economy rage and be great with jobs and everybody be happy and that's where we're going and that's where we're heading and who is our biggest foreign adversary i would say china they're an adversary they're They're a competitor they're a foe in many ways but they're an adversary Uh, i think what happened was disgraceful should never have happened should they should never have allowed this plague to get out of china and go throughout the world 188 countries should never have happened and that was just one clip there. Well, who is Leslie to say he didn't give us the most robust economy in the world in our history? He did. He did. Her, her denying it doesn't make her denial valid and his affirmation false. I mean, it, Leslie Stahl, you know, it turns out just to be one more sock puppet, one more talking head who's just mouthing words. She's got a duty to fulfill. She's not a scholar. Uh, she, I, I, I used to think she was a good person, but I, I have been disillusioned. This was obviously an abusive interview. This was a hit job, and there were many signs that the president has addressed. And I'll just tell you, it's going to be unavailing. None of this is is working out in favor of the Democrats. And I've been uh, very impressed by some of the results. Let let me share, for example, uh, uh, Frank Lutz did a group. He did a focus, post-debate focus group for undecided voters uh, about who would be better for the economy, okay? Let me read you a little about this to get it exactly right. In an eye-opening moment near the end of the session, Lutz asked the 13 focus group participants the following question. Who do you believe would do a better job with the economy after listening to tonight's debate, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Lutz wanted a show of hands for each candidate. 
And when he asked who thought Biden would be better for the economy, not one hand went up. When he asked if Trump would do a better job with the economy, every single hand went up. Clearly, by that measure, Trump is the preferred candidate. Well, no doubt about it. I think that's exactly right. I mean, you look around the country, uh, the rumble and destruction that's been brought about by the lockdowns, where where the Democrats regard this as their strongest uh, argument. But in fact, Trump was acting in accordance with what the experts were telling him, namely that uh, Dr. Anthony Tony the Rat Fauci and Deborah Burks, who's running around the country telling people to keep their masks on, were telling him that the Nigel Ferguson model out of Imperial College in the UK would telling us predicting the loss of 2.2 million Americans to coronavirus and 500,000 Brits if he didn't lock down the economy. Now, Trump knew perfectly well that the surging economy and the stock market were his greatest assets going into the election, but to protect the American people, he locked it down. So when the Democrats talk about having lost some 200,000, which we know is a grossly exaggerated figure, and we lose many more of those every year to the seasonal flu, many multiples of that to the malaria every year. No one holds the president responsible for deaths from the seasonal flu. So all of this has the aspects of uh, absurdity to it. Trump replied, well, he'd actually saved 2 million lives. And I think that's a perfectly appropriate response. He was told 2.2 million will die. Now it's only 200,000 have died. That's the 0.2 million. I think he's entitled to make the argument, given the position he was in, that his actions have saved 2 million lives, more or less. So I don't think the Democrats have a case. They're using the lockdown to destroy the economy. The Democrat mayors and governors are being particularly severe and making it all the worse. They're also defunding or even dismantling their police department. The wealthier elements of their society, as in New York City, are fleeing New York. So the wealthiest who have the greatest mobility are getting out of town because Bill de Blasio got rid of 600 undercover cops. His job was to prevent crimes from occurring and has allowed uh, rioting to take place so that all the most expensive shops are all boarded up, can't do any business, no one can go downtown and feel safe. And those who are fleeing, Michael, represent roughly 60% of the tax revenue that would have flowed from them to the city. So the Democrats are really the instruments of the destruction of their own cities and states. I mean, it's unbelievable. But there's no question about it. This is exactly what's happening. So I've said on many different occasions, when Americans look around at the rumble of the economy and ask themselves, who's the best person to rebuild the economy? It's going to be the man who gave us the most robust economy in our history. It's so obvious that what they have done has been self-defeating. Uh, they're doing a better job of self-immolation than a Buddhist monk protesting the Vietnam War. I love that, by the way. That's pretty good, Jim. And, of course, a new wave of COVID is on the horizon, Jim. We are seeing yet another meteoric rise in cases. New York is getting uh, destroyed as, long, as well as California. And uh, the death toll still kind of remains quite low, but the cases sure are going up. 
Yeah, but cases, Michael. Yes, just the cases. Hillary from the beginning was saying more cases. The president has observed that if we did less testing, we'd have fewer cases because while the numbers are going up, the mortality rate is going down. In other words, we're getting false positives. We've even had that acknowledgement that as much as 90% of the cases represent false positives. They don't actually reflect someone who's ill with COVID-19, but rather someone who once had a cold and has an RNA fragment that the RCP test multiplies. It was never intended to be a diagnostic instrument. It was only for research purposes, but it's been improperly applied. Remember back when Hillary is saying we need to do more testing, everyone should have instantly recognized that something sinister and duplicitous is taking place here, or Hillary would not be supporting it. Jim, we do have some feedback here in the chat room, and this is from Max, who says, so the president couldn't provide more aid to states instead of suggesting that the states handle it all, question mark. Trump inherited a good economy. There isn't any way to deny that. And that's from Max. Well, well I think that's just, uh, you know, not being very responsive to where he, he took us to uh, the, the lowest unemployment, uh, the best wages for the lowest uh, uh, wage-earning citizens in the history of the United States. This is why blacks and Latinos are supporting Trump, and there's more and more reason to believe that that 40% of the black vote is going to go to Donald Trump. They are breaking for Trump. They have seen what he has done, his clamping down on the borders. Remember, the Democrats want open borders. They essentially want to do away with the United States as as a nation state. They want to have open borders. That meant that these uh, illegal aliens who'd be willing to work for practically nothing can't take the jobs away from the lowest uh, earning wage earners who have seen their wages rise at the highest rate. I mean, this guy is issuing Democratic talking points. It's not true. Barack Obama, Joe Biden did nothing for the black community. They've done nothing uh, to improve the nation. Obama was involved in these corrupt actions. It turns out that... uh, James Biden, who is Joe's brother, has emails where they're talking about that Joe is going to meet with the O, the O, who is, of course, Obama. And this was their biggest business day in, you know, in history. And they're celebrating. Uh, This guy is defending the indefensible. He's, I'm sorry, he's just supporting the wrong people. Remember, it was a, it was a, uh, John Brennan and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, who brought us ISIS, they created a terrorist army to put pressure on Syria. Uh, it was Hillary who facilitated the slaughter of the Libyan people, including the uh, the brutal assassination of Muammar Gaddafi, who didn't even put up a fight, and was traveling under a white flag and surrendered to a location specified by the Department of State when Hillary had the convoy interdicted and had Gaddafi castrated and sodomized with a bayonet. This is a woman who's been very deeply involved in pedophilia. Uh, I mean, look, the results of the Weiner laptop were so disgusting. I'm talking about video video of Hillary and Huma uh, torturing a young girl that it caused hardened uh, New York City detectives and cops to be reduced to tears. 
if this guy wants to stand up for Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama, be my guess, but he's going to take all the luggage they have with him. Charles Downey says, this is all a planned game on us. Creepy Joe said it last debate. Look up Project Dark Winter seems like a playbook to me. And that's from our friend Charles Downey in the chat room. Well, that's that's an appropriate response. Yeah, apparently this dark winter is some kind of scenario. I think it involves unleashing a, 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 a pandemic so that the the Biden double is actually talking about another form of retaliation. There, there's a complicating factor here, which is 5G. Now, it turns out that in Wuhan, where we had the first manifestation of the coronavirus, I can't wait for 5G. They, have just, they have just turned on 5G, and we have reports that it may have been as many as 2 million cell phone users simply disappeared, Michael, down China. See, 2 million, when you have one-third of the world's population in your country, is a, sort of a drop in the bucket, and they can conceal it. But there are many reasons to believe that 5G induces symptoms that are very like those being attributed to the coronavirus, including, you know, shortness of breath and so forth, a bit of a fever, a cough, and all that. There has never been a successful vaccine for a respiratory disease in the past, by the way. And I do not believe there will be a vaccine for a coronavirus. That doesn't mean there isn't a cure, however. HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, is a is an, a wonder drug for coronavirus because it'll not only cure it if you have it, but it'll prevent it if you don't. And uh, Anthony, Tony the Rat, has known this since 2005 when an article extolling its virtues was published in the journal Virology, which is put out by the National Institutes of Health, of which is, he is a director. So this, this man, in my opinion, has single-handedly uh, wreak more damage on America than all of our foreign adversaries in history. Put together Adolf Hitler, Joe Stalin, and, and Emperor Hirohito. Anthony Fauci has done more damage to the United States than all of them combined. Scott Baker chimes in with, did Biden receive a black eye like the Pope or other politicians and Hollywood stars? Question mark. Uh, I don't know specifically if he's referring to a particular photograph or Biden as a black eye, but this sort of thing does happen. So I'll just say, while I can't confirm it, it would not surprise me. Understood. If it was the case. Right. And Max replies with, I can't wait to come on and hope Jim calls in. Then we can compare fact sheets. <laughs> well, Amazing. Yeah, that's fine. No worries. He's got, he's, got a, he's got a fact sheet coming from the DNC. I don't doubt it. I mean, you know, this is just embarrassingly bad. The evidence is so overwhelming about all of the positive things this president has done for the United States, and yet the Democrats would want to claim, you know, they're responsible. It, it, you're responsible for what happens on your watch, and without any doubt, this man has done more for blacks and Latinos than, than Democrats have for the last, you know, 50, 60 years, go back to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, Joe Biden is the president appropriately asked, what have you done, you know, all these years you were in office when you were vice president? And Biden was saying, well, I was only the vice president. and Or he was saying, well, the Republicans controlled the Senate. And, and Trump was saying, well, what you do, Joe, is you talk to them. You talk them into it. 
It, Joe is all words and no action. I, Trump was so successful during this last debate, Michael. Very imposing. And it's quite clear, we're getting lots of reports now, that Trump is leaking away Biden's support. And I'm getting indication from multiple sources that this is going to be a landslide for Donald Trump. By the way, the chat room is blowing up right now, asking if we have seen the photographs of one Mitch McConnell. And the answer is yes, I have seen the photographs of Mitch McConnell. It is now in the chat room for all to see. And Mitch is, um, he's starting to look like an extra for The Walking Dead now, Jim. Well, I'm wondering if he was assaulted, you know. What I happened mean, to Mitch him? McConnell has become a boogeyman. Uh, for the left, and it wouldn't surprise me if some uh, leftist zealots had physically attacked him. It was the first I learned of this was only a couple hours ago. I was uh, asking my wife, who seemed to be more aware of it than I, since I had no awareness whatsoever, that Mitch had bruises on his hand and looked like on his face. That that suggests to me... He, he got punched. Medication I think the guy or, may have been physically attacked. Or assaulted, and we don't know. Yeah, does anyone have a better explanation in the, in the chat room? Does anyone there know what happened to Mitch McConnell? To Someone, D-Qui, I think that's their username. They're saying some kind of disease that's on his hands, too. Maybe uh, allergic reaction possibly is what D is saying. Well, could I be. Know. I mean, uh, uh, obviously... It's a very interesting, even disconcerting development. Yeah, poor guy. But, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he's okay. So, um, by the way, Jim, you mentioned the vaccine, and as you're well aware, Jim, the race for a viable vaccine is now underway. One man in Brazil has died during the early trials. We last oh, heard five, 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 five children died. Five children too. Okay. And all that. Yeah. So we we'll, look this. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's been Catherine Austin Fitz who's called out that the contents of this vaccine are not likely to actually be medicine, that it's going to have some uh, 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 aborted fetal tissue, that it's going to have some uh, heavy metals, that it's going to have a chip uh, for your identification and maybe even your financial records. It's probably going to have Bill Gates' DNA. This guy is a sadist. The point she was making is whatever's in this vaccine, it's not going to be medicine. And therefore, it doesn't deserve coverage under the absurd exclusion from liability that the Congress extended to Big Pharma, which was a colossal blunder. I mean, how can you have uh, uh, companies that are manufacturing products that may not only physically harm but even kill you, not be liable for their product because that's just giving them a blank check to put out anything they want. And even if it does bring about calamitous effects, as of a Gates vaccine in India brought about the paralysis of 500,000 Indian children, the vaccine from the H1N1 flu causes brain damage. It appears the vaccines routinely given to children today bring about autism, where there's a perfect statistical correlation with the use of these vaccines in autism, which in the past was non-existent for all practical purposes, where projections have it by 2050, at this rate, half of our children will be autistic, which, by the way, may be welcome outcome for companies that want employees who are very good at handling repetitious activities that might otherwise bore normal individuals, but which 
autistic children may be very good at dealing with. So they may be looking upon them as superior employees for the future. Just as it appears to me there's an effort being made now since they've discovered that inanimate machines cannot be turned into thinking things, to take thinking things, namely human beings, and turn them into somehow remotely controlled entities where they can chip us and control our thoughts, our moods, and our actions. It's, but, it's, it's, yes. it's quite shocking, but I, I've done it. And, a lot of research in this area yeah. in the past, uh, where I was a founding editor of a international journal Minds and Machines for Artificial Intelligence, Philosophy, and Cognitive Science, which I uh, edited for 10 years with an editorial board that many said to me was the best they'd ever seen for any journal in the history of philosophy. And uh, that may well be true. I just brought together the very best of the best. I mean, I had a, a tactic in mind of first recruiting a guy that I thought the others would like being associated with, and he liked the journal, and I went from there. Understood. And, of course, as you know very well by now, we last heard that senior citizens would be the first to get vaccinated here in the States, and it would be free. And, Jim, I'm perturbed by that because that demonstrates to me that they aren't fully confident in the vaccine, and they will look to the seniors as the sacrificial lamb. Your thoughts and opinions? Oh, I think you're right. I mean, look what Rudy Julia. I mean, what 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 uh, Andrew Cuomo did by sending you know coronavirus infected patients into nursing homes when the elderly who have lots of comorbidities are the most vulnerable. I mean, that was a colossal blunder. He wants to walk away from it, of course, but believe me, he's not going to be able to do that. I think these vaccines are so threatening that no one should voluntarily be vaccinated. I think it's very, very serious. And that I was outraged when, uh, when Alan Dershowitz went on uh, one of the Fox shows, it may or may not have been Tucker, to declare that the state had the right to mandatory vaccinations but that's an intrusive medical procedure. And since a Nuremberg code, and the code was passed in the wake of Dr. Mengele's experiments on prisoners, which were completely involuntary, it's been obligatory that you must have voluntary consent, which is based upon knowledge, informed consent, which is voluntarily accepting uh, 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 assenting to the performance of a procedure on you, upon you with full knowledge of the risks and the benefits that are thereby in, 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 in incurred, where they're not going to be able to show these vaccines aren't dangerous. In fact, the history of vaccination is a deplorable history. If you want to talk about the real deplorables, vaccinations are right there in the center of it all. It's just god-awful. And remember, for Bill Gates... Vaccination is a business. He looks upon every vaccine in terms of dollars and cents. He wants to vaccinate the world because, you know, uh, this represents multiples, of, uh, you know, many dollars for each of the billions of uh, citizens of the world. Jim, hold on one moment. We are joined by Caller now. Caller, you are live on the air. How's it going? Going well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How are you? Are you enjoying tonight's show with Jim, the freight train? That's it. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to hear the freight train on here. Um, hey, Jim, I had a couple questions for you. Number one, would you rather have the vaccine or COVID? 
Oh, COVID is actually relatively mild. So, yeah, sure, I'd rather have COVID than the vaccine. Uh, the vaccine's going to do irreparable harm. Uh, I've yeah, already taken HCQ. Every, everyone ought to take HCQ. I'm told all the members of Congress have already taken HCQ, and therefore they're not concerned about COVID because they know they're already immune from it. And, and, I mean, and look at the benefits. HCQ, it's a cheap, readily available drug that's been around for 65 years, has virtually no side effects. We got all this propaganda about it, but as I say, even this article in Virology in, in 2005 gave it a clean bill of health and explained how it was a wonder drug for coronavirus. My final question for you, Jim, do you think uh, voting matters at all? Do you, isn't it the deep state wants the president so they can control them does our vote really matter or do you think that actually does get counted and they actually take the ballots and they register each one do you think each one does get counted or is it they're going to put in whoever they want in to be able to control their uh faction so to speak we, we have a decisive answer to that question which is the following if they could control the vote Donald J. Trump would never have been our president. He represents a threat to the establishment, to the to the globalization movement. Why? Because he's a nationalist, because he wants to put American interests first. I mean, it's just uh, stunning when you stop and think about it. The most important reason to recognize that Donald Trump is doing good things for America is the massive forces allied against him. They're unrelating. They include all the major news media, the political establishment, even including a lot of formerly members of the Republican Party, where there are a few who still, like Mitt Romney, continue to reveal that they're uh, against the president. But I'm telling you, there couldn't be a stronger argument for why we want to keep him in office and the massive forces arrayed against him, which would most certainly not be the case if he were doing... Uh, performing work on behalf of what we call the deep state or the Illuminati or the Bilderbergers. Let's just refer to them as the globalists because it's become clear now in Canada, we have a whistleblower from Canada that, that this global reset, financial reset is going to entail, you know, they want to impoverish everyone so they don't even have food available and then they'll forgive all your debts and give you food enable you to go wrong, go about living your life as long as you do so in conformity with their expectations. Otherwise, they'll cut you off. But to do that, you have to surrender all of your property and assets. In other words, you're going to be giving to the Rothschilds and the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund all of your property, all of your assets in order for forgiveness of your mortgages, your credit cards, your student loans, but you're going to live thereafter as a slave. You're going to get a little cubicle. They've got them already in uh, in in uh, uh, Australia, in Melbourne. They're putting up these these facilities. Even here in Madison, I was rather startled because they showed this little tiny house they're calling for the homeless. Well, once you've given up all your property, you're homeless too, and that's what you're going to get a little tiny hut. So you better really think about what you're doing here, because I'm telling you, this is one election where the the future of the nation and your own personal destiny truly are at stake. Amazing. Caller, what else do you got for us? Go ahead. 
Uh, so I'm in California, and our vote really doesn't matter here because California is tattooed blue for the remainder of millennia. Um, so voting for Trump or you know voting for Biden, it really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's going to be blue either way. You know, right. the only thing that really matters is the proposition. But what I wanted to ask you, um, Professor Fetzer, was how come Trump doesn't bring up Biden being a pedophile? Exclusively from that video on YouTube saying how horny he was standing next to a 13 year old girl. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was such an embarrassing moment. I mean, I expect that, it, you know, that, that, look, uh, Corey Lewandowski was on with Hannity and giving a report that appeared to be accurate poll numbers, and they're so far ahead in Ohio that they don't even have to spend any more money there. They're going to carry Minnesota. It's got to do with the rioting and the looting. Look, everyone in the state can see abolishing or defunding the police as a calamity. That means no one is safe, even in California. You've had a massive uh, flow of new weapon buyers, never before, first time. They recognize the importance now. The police can't come to your defense, and the chief of police in Seattle has said to them, public in Seattle. You're on your own. This is why I was born in California. I was born in Pasadena. I grew up in Southern California. I pay a lot of attention to California politics. I do a weekly show with a lawyer from California and a colleague of mine from California. I think California, as incredible as this sound, may actually go for Trump. It's become a much more acceptable matter to display your support for Trump now in many different locales, I think this guy could perform the grand slam and take all 50 states. Fair enough. So in your opinion, why doesn't he bring up that pedophilia, pedophile video in, in the debates? Oh, well, I think uh, that, that that one occurred when uh, Joe Biden swore in Christopher Coons of Delaware as a new senator in the Oval Office I actually watched it when it happened. It was picked up by the microphone, and Biden leaned down to his daughter and said, do you have any idea how horny it makes me to be standing next to a 13-year-old girl? If you go online now and just use words, of that, you'll find articles about it. They have suppressed most of the videos. I found a video that had the soundtrack suppressed, but I'm certain Trump has it. I think he would just as soon others, you know, played that card rather than he himself, you know, as being, uh, I think it's, it, 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 obviously it's a valid criticism of Joe Biden, and there are many of they go along here. He's been real handsy. He's been, you know, feeling up, touchy-feely with little kids for years and years. We even had one former worker for the Biden campaign who claims that he, put her up against the wall and inserted his fingers into her her, her vagina. What the press won't cover will claim it's a smear. There's a very bad record with Joe Biden, but look right now, he's demented. That's why they had to bring out this body double, because Joe Biden, he, he it, we had a staff member who reported that his anti-dementia medication induces incontinence and that they've had staff meetings to debate about which adult diaper he ought to wear um, because he, they want one that isn't apparent through his trousers and where you won't hear a crinkling sound when he urinates, which is why when they ask for a break after the, each 30 minutes of an hour and a half debate, 
uh, and was turned down by Trump. I think that's when they felt they had to resort to Plan B and put out the body double. And this is why I think he has uh, life after politics making commercials for Depends. And Hunter has a good career in the, in the adult film industry as well. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Yeah, we all get what we want in the end. And caller, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up here? No, that's it. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Um, you know, I, I would just like to see Trump play that proverbial Trump card and be like, listen, here's the video. You guys make up your mind. You know, do you want a pedophile in or do you want me? So, I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah, I, I like your questions. I'm very glad you called. Trump is a master of the media. We've never had anyone who is so brilliant at exploiting television. Uh, and I would not be surprised if one of the Trump supporting PACs were to run that. I mean, it's such a devastating. I've been talking for years about using that as a campaign commercial. And you might see it show up yet before the end. I mean, bombs are dropping. There's a wonderful commercial out there about a woman who was besieged by BLM and they were tromping on her car and she was panic struck with a little girl in the back seat who was crying. And it's just a devastating commercial playing right now here in Wisconsin. And, you know, my wife didn't realize I, I watched all this go down as it was taking place. You know, I've been following this stuff in great detail. She has not. That's the advantage of the Democrats, people who don't really know the details about the viciousness and thuggery of BLM and Antifa, which the Democrats have been condoning and actually supporting. So don't be surprised if it shows up yet before the election occurs. Once again, thank you so much for calling in, my friend. We will talk to you on the other side. Always a pleasure. A quick one for you too, Mike. Uh, Any chance of getting John Lear on the air? You know, it's been a while since I've last uh, spoke to Mr. John Lear, but that's always a possibility. I could try. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. You guys have a great night. Have a great weekend. Always a pleasure. Thank you, too, my friend. Thanks Take care. For Thanks for calling. Good question. Yeah, be All safe right. out there, buddy. Bye-bye. And there he goes. That was, a great, that was a good call. Yeah, excellent. A really good call. And by the way, Max has returned uh, with some questions for you, Jim. <laughs> He, he writes back, uh, Jim, a fact, Clinton almost doubled the Trump vote here in California, and now you think a man more decorated than Clinton is going to do worse or lose to Trump in California, a liberal state. Math 101, and that's from our friend Max Cole in the chat. Your thoughts and opinions. Go ahead, Jim. I, I think that the world... You know, even Democrats are recognizing that Joe Biden was the wrong choice, that his corruption is the undoing, that this Hunter laptop business is devastating. Basically, in my opinion, the Democrats forfeited the campaign when during their four-day virtual convention, they didn't spend any time addressing urban violence The comparison was so stunning that after the Republican campaign, uh, NPR was taking calls from Democrats and Republicans, and so many Democrats were calling in to declare they were going to vote Republican that they had to revise it to callers for Biden versus Trump, or they wouldn't have had any Biden callers at all. I mean, it's that massive. There, There is a huge realization 
especially in the aftermath of this last debate, that Joe Biden is not up to the job. One of the comments I made in the immediate aftermath when we were doing a, you know, we watched, went through the whole thing live and then spent 45 minutes critiquing it afterwards was the visual comparison. Time after time after time, you had Trump on the left, Biden on the right there. And you can see Biden was diminutive. Biden looked old. He looked feeble. Uh, next to this much larger, full of life guy who was robust and energetic and on top of issues. And you could just look and see one of these guys could handle the job and the other pretty clearly could not. I think it's. Wait, 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 wait. You're getting nervous, man. Calm down. It's okay. We had a Joe Biden uh, break in there. He wanted to let you know about yeah. that, Jim. Yeah, yeah. There he was. But, well, uh, I, you know, I respect that Max is right to his his own opinion. I mean, that's one of the great things about America. And I only wish we were all uh, equally uh, uh, had the opportunity to to look at research, any research we want online. But Google and Twitter and Facebook and so forth have just imposed massive censorship. Listen, just before that second debate, which was what, just two days ago. Right. Uh, Newt Gingrich came on to the end of uh, Tucker Carlson's show and reported that Google has brought in a dozen experts from communist China to tweak their algorithms for the purpose of censorship so Google can be as good at censoring as they are in communist China. And I said in response to that, goddamn Google. This is disgusting. This is so un-American, so undemocratic. And I believe the Senate is going to go after with a vengeance that this has been an outrageous betrayal of the American people. The Internet Decency Act gave these platforms uh, 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 immunity from liability on the ground that they were going to be neutral, like a library, that they'd allow everyone to check out or publish their books and would not be responsible for their content. But now that they are censoring, and won't let you pick and choose. Look of the 12 volumes we have published uh, on Moonrock Books. Six of them have been censored by Amazon. Six of them. The books on Sandy Hook, Boston bombing, Orlando and Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, and even the moon landing. So that appears to have been because of the essays about uh, uh, getting history right regarding World War II and the Holocaust where the ADL asked Amazon to ban any book that disputed the official narrative, and Amazon obligingly banned some 2,000 books. Now, that's all wrong. That's all totally un-American. We should let, uh, you know, everyone have the opportunity, a thousand flowers bloom, and to speak their piece. A free and open debate is the best uh, method to discover the truth, and they are precluding it happening and it's just disgraceful, just disgraceful. The First Amendment and the Second are absolutely definitive of the character of the United States, and we are being compromised. I say there are 130 million armed Americans who aren't going to vote for Joe Biden and this nonsense about defunding the police, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, tearing down statues, all manifestations of what's known as cultural Marxism, where some of them have openly acknowledged they don't just want to reform the judicial system, they want to 
get rid of capitalism. And notice the key to capitalism is private property. The key to communism is there is no private property. So when we have this global reset and to become, you know, a patron of the state to get enough income, they're going to give you a guaranteed income and you can't exceed it. They're going to allocate how much energy you can use and you can't exceed it. And if you violate their constraints, you're going to be punished and you're going to be put in a FEMA camp, which are going up all over Canada as I speak. I mean, this is hard to believe, but it's true. All over Canada, they're building camps just like our FEMA camps to put persons who regard it as uh, public health risk if they won't take the vaccine or as enemies of the state. And if you refuse the vaccine or to give up your private property and all your assets, you're going to be put in one of these camps. And I'll tell you, it's going to be like the Roach Motel. Uh, You can check in, but you can't check out. Understood. And, of course, I've been referring to COVID-19 as a... An HIV-like flu and researchers are now warning that some vaccines out there could increase the risk of HIV. Uh, Jim, there's a lot that the media has not disclosed in terms of COVID-19 featuring an HIV-like homology. Uh, Jim, I must ask, knowing what you know now, will you be taking a vaccine? Oh, God, no, no, no. I don't recommend anyone take a vaccine. And I never really completed the point I was making. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Since the Nuremberg Code was passed, it's now international law that no one may be forced to undergo an intrusive medical procedure without informed consent, which is what I was so astonished, dumbfounded. Yes, I see. Alan Dershowitz saying the state had the right to mandate vaccines as though we were ignorant of the history here. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, sad to say, appears to me to be a spokesman for the deep state, for the globalists, for the Bilderbergs. Not a good person. And, of course, he's also involved, it appears, in in Pedogate, the the American franchise of which is known as Pizzagate. He, too, flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane along with Bill Clinton and appears to be deeply involved in these sordid activities, as indeed is his wife, Hillary. All disgusting beyond words. Understood. Uh, so, Jim, no vaccine for you. Absolutely not. And you have the right to do that. I, I have a colleague who's a paralegal, Don Gron from uh, Seattle, who has a made out a form that you can use to show your refusal that you have the right not to be vaccinated. Uh, Let me see if I cannot make contact so you can make that available to everyone here in your audience. Sure. Yeah, thank you. No problem. And uh, I just must, I must say to everyone out there, I'm not a anti-vaxxer, but I would try to escape that needle, no doubt. And I don't even take a flu shot. That was also something mentioned recently, Jim, that... If you take the flu shot, it's also increasing your risk of contracting COVID-19. Absolutely right that the flu shot appears to be loaded. I have a, various sources are telling me that, in effect, the flu shot is a guarantee that your future is going to be uh, health uh, hazardous to your health and that they have a way using uh, 5G. We began discussing but didn't complete sure. our discussion to activate that what they have in these uh, in these flu shots, so it's all bad news. It's all bad news, and there's never been a successful vaccine for a respiratory disease. There are individuals like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny 
Dr. Judy Mikovits, uh, Dr. Bashir Batar, who are giving the truth out. You want to check them out because they are highly qualified medical experts, whereas I am not. I'm a avid investigator and uh, researcher on a wide range of subjects, but they have a higher level of expertise in these areas than do I. So I highly recommend checking out the work of Sherry Tenpenny, Judy Mekovitz, and uh, Dr. Batar, Rashid Batar. He's really, really good. Of course, you yeah. got the West Coast physicians out there in California, Dr. Erickson and his colleagues who are explaining that the COVID rate, the death rate was really very, very small, and they were trying to offset the propaganda. But they're being, you know, censored by, uh, censored by, uh, the media itself, which is doing the devil's work. I mean, it's just outrageous what's happened to the mainstream media here in the United States. Oh, definitely. They're not telling the truth about anything, but I have to drive this point home here for everyone, Jim, including yourself. Uh, even though the death rate is low, and that's a good thing, and recovery rate is high, this stays in your immune system, Jim. That's That's the troubling part because of that HIV homology. And the virus. So, I mean, very much like the first responders of 9-11, they, fa- they later faced all these respiratory illnesses and diseases much later. And uh, those who contract COVID-19 will most likely face the same consequences, Jim. Keep I think that, you're correct. Keep that shit in mind, Jim. Keep that yeah. shit in mind. You, you just, you don't want to contract this, is what I'm trying to tell you. Yes, yes, yes. Michael, I'm with you. Yeah, for I'm sure. For sure. I think, I think you do a great job on all counts, and it's always a pleasure for me to come on your show. I know, Jim. I, I just love having you on, and everyone loves you so much, Jim. Everyone has so much respect for you. And, of course, we are coming to a close here, and I uh, respect the fact that you hung out with us and spent way more time than you probably thought you would. But, Jim, before we close out here, we are close to Halloween once again. Will you be dressing up this year? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's made a big impact on uh, local activities involving children and all that because of the COVID. So it looks like they've kind of shut down Halloween activities. My wife used to dress up even as put on a witch outfit for when kids would come trick-or-treating to our door. And she's always been great about it. I haven't spoken to her about this year. I know she won't be donning any costume, but we'd certainly welcome kids who came around. I just put the name of the paramedic, the oh, yes. address in the Skype there to ask him about what he has regarding, you know, exemption from vaccines or other intrusive medical procedures without consent. This is going to become a major legal issue here in the United States in short order, I have no doubt. I've been a bit distressed that the president has been talking about a vaccine. Me too. Scott Atlas, Scott Atlas, his medical advisor, has emphasized that it will not be mandatory. It will not be compulsory. And I'm hoping that this is only because there's such a segment of the population that would be so difficult to educate in short order that the threat here is manufactured and exaggerated for political purposes that he's waiting post-campaign to go back to, you know, recommending HCQ, which he ought to have been doing all along. I think firing Fauci is very much on his list. 
I think a lot of hammers are going to fall after the election. And I have no doubt at all that the best interest of the American people is having this man continue to serve as our president. I have enjoyed our conversation this evening as usual, Jim. I hope nothing but the best for you and your family and, of course, all of your future endeavors. We will do this again very soon. And, of course, before I shut it down, Jim, plenty of football to watch. The NFL has also been dealing with issues with players contracting well, COVID-19. Well, you know, football, I'll tell you. <laughs> yes. We had our first game, the Wisconsin Badgers. My daughter and son-in-law both graduated from UW-Madison. We had our first game of the season on Friday, and our quarterback, Jack Cohn, who'd actually proven to be quite uh, workmanlike, very good, uh, but not truly exceptional, was replaced by the best quarterback we've ever recruited here at Wisconsin uh, by the name of Mertz. And this guy was a four-star recruit. He performed a virtually flawless game against Illinois. He completed 21 of 22 passes. He had a 92.5 pass completion percentage, which may be the highest in college football ever. He equaled two records for number of consecutive passes with success 17 and another record for throwing five touchdown passes I mean, the guy's a phenomenon. So I think uh, Wisconsin is off to a very fast start. The only two Big Ten teams that were ranked above us were Penn We are now ranked 14. Penn State was ranked 8 or 9, and they just lost to Indiana in a stunning game that went into overtime. It was such a joy to watch. I earned my Ph.D., as did Jan's first husband at Indiana. He in philosophy, I in the history and philosophy of science. We have a son-in-law who is a, a vice provost at Indiana. Uh, uh, we have another daughter who went to Indiana. We love Indiana. It was a great victory for Indiana. It was the first time they had defeated a team ranked in the top 10 since, like, 1987. It was the second longest streak of non-victories over a, a Big Ten, uh, a top 10 ranked opponent in, in uh, college football. We're off to a tremendous start to the season. You can see Penn State is going to drop, that Wisconsin is going to be move up. I predict we'll be in the top 10 when the ratings come out this coming week. And although we cannot be there in person, we're having a great time. This is just going to be a wonderful year of football. Love that. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. If you want to get a hold of Jim... Uh, or purchase any of his books, rather. You can find them over at moonrockbooks.com. And, uh, yes, your website. I always forget that your website is actually jamesfetzer.org, not jimfetzer.org. Right, right, right. And then there's the the the, the uh, additional website, Jim the Conspiracy Guy, where I have 50-plus shows there on very serious topics. Where if you, you might want to scroll through someday and see if there's something there you always wanted to know. Let me recommend in particular a two-part series called How to Spot a False Flag. I go through about 20 different false flag events, all of which you've heard about, and give you the basics on how you can tell that this was staged or orchestrated, that it wasn't real, and that you've been played. So in a couple of hours, you can really get an education about a wide array of these events and the techniques that have been used to bamboozle the American people, where I believe we're entitled to know the truth about our own history, and I shall continue to persevere to bring that to the American people as long as I can.
Love that, Jim. I really respect that about you. You uh, aren't afraid to go against the green, that's for sure. Well, I'm a truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth kind of guy, Michael. And, you know, if someone thinks I've got something wrong, I'm very open and receptive to hearing the argument. But I do appreciate if you be specific about exactly what I have said or claimed that you believe I have wrong, why I said it, if you could explain my rationale so we understand what we're talking about, and then lay on me uh, how you know I'm wrong, what you think I've got wrong, and if you want to reach out to me with such an argument, because I don't learn from those who agree with me, but only from those who disagree, you can reach me at Jim at moonrockbooks.com jim at moonrockbooks.com love that thank you so much jim for being a part of the program an absolute blast and pleasure i just want to thank you again and i want uh, you to be safe jim i want the family to be safe i want everyone to be safe out there so once again thank you so much jim and i will talk to you on the other side we'll do it again michael i can't thank you enough it's always a pleasure you got it take care bye now mahalo And there he goes, the one and only Jim Fetzer. Love that. And of course, I must say, for those of you who have already donated to the Patreon series, I really appreciate that. Speaking of which, I recently had uploaded that exclusive interview I conducted with Oli Damagard. I ended up throwing you another bone. Yes, that was an exclusive Patreon series episode. It was just my way of saying thank you for putting up with me. I really appreciate it completely. If you have not listened to that interview yet, please go ahead and do so whenever you can. Now, we aren't done just yet tonight. I've got some listener feedback and iTunes uh, reviews to go over. There's been some flattering uh, reviews and just a few mean ones. Those are always fantastic to me uh, personally. Yeah, let's start off with some hate mail. Well, this isn't, this isn't exactly hate mail. It doesn't really qualify as hate mail. But yes, let's go with some negative stuff first. And again, this is a listener-supported program. Please donate at paypal.me slash Michael Deacon or go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon for bonus material. I'm sorry for the cheap plug, but I must remind you at times that We depend on you. So let's get down to brass taxes. This comes from Nuff Snuff 997. I believe this is actually an iTunes review, boys and girls. And let me just change this photograph here of Jim Fetzer. Let's go with that. Yeah. I like that. The space with the stars and I guess just the stars. For those that are listening on the podcast rendition of the program, you will not be able to see what I'm showing the chat room here. And that's another reason why you should listen live, not just the podcast version of this program. We would like for you to hang out with us live. So yes, this comes from Nuff Snuff, who says, Good show, but I like what you started out like. But you're no Howard. Keep your comedy quips to a minimum. You tend to insult more than anything else. My opinion is to interview with interest and taste, like Art Bell. Funny is one thing, but you tend to get crude, and that's not good. I would like you to learn from your show not to hear bad sex jokes. I sometimes think I'm listening to a high school kid. Sorry, but that's my opinion. Keep in mind, 
you're great sometimes. And now my response would be, you know, I like when, um, I like when I didn't know you existed. I kid. Well, you're entitled to your opinion and I don't try to emulate anyone else. Others try to emulate me. And that's on public record in audio format for all to hear. But I certainly am flattered that you mentioned me in the likes of such notable names. For the record, I'm not influenced by Howard or Art Bell. Both I have nothing but respect for as broadcasters. I'm fully aware you enjoy them more than me. And I don't pretend to be anything I'm not. And I hope that satisfied you. And there he goes, another upset customer, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's get back here to another iTunes review. I would like to encourage all of you out there to leave us an iTunes review if you can. I enjoy those. If you enjoy the show or hate the show, let us know. Now this comes from Dr. Purple. Tolerate this show, probably only show I listen to where I get perspectives 180 degrees from mainstream reality. I love to see the host meditate for 45 minutes every morning for one season while their right wing a political blather I think he meant to use a different word there is refreshing compared to msm so mainstream media it is mindlessly disconnected from real life experience and this is where he's talking about yoga here for a long time but yes thank you for that dr purple you are obviously a truth seeker and a mystic of some sorts i'm glad you found the program i get a lot of heat because i don't choose a side i'd rather be against the world quite frankly and i'm not here to be light I'm here for a good time, and I'm here to entertain. I'm a free spirit and a somewhat middle-of-the-road capitalist. I have no political or religious agenda, that's for sure. Here's another iTunes review. This is from a, a person by the name of Mad at Us Cause They Ain't Us. That's pretty cute. He says, Great show, a show for the times we currently find ourselves living in. Great information for anyone who would like to be in the know and not having their eyes wide shut anymore. I do like that. Thanks for dropping in with that review. I hope you're still out there COVID-free. And of course, here's a funny one. This is from Wu Edition. Edition, sorry. He says, Joe Biden picture shows up when trying to install podcast. Who's controlling and offended by my, this propaganda? I think he meant to say he's offended by this propaganda. And I have zero clue what he's referring to. I have never chosen a photograph of Joe Biden uh, to select as some sort of thumbnail. I'm not sure where he or she got that from, but trust me, I have never used an image of Joe Biden, that's for sure. Maybe of Hunter Biden, but that's for comedic purposes. The fact that you're offended means you shouldn't be here and should probably go away. Hopefully you listen to this message and take my advice. And of course, this comes from Marissa. And this time, it's actually from the website. She says, um, I enjoyed listening to Luke Prophet today. I searched for your older videos of Luke Prophet, but could not find any in your collection of videos listed. How could I listen to your video? I think she, she means, how can I listen to your other videos with Luke Prophet? She goes on to say, I would enjoy to listen to his other interviews. Thank you, Marissa. Well, Marissa, thank you kindly. I'm going to have to email you a link to the video. I'm not sure why you can't find it. But if you go to michaeldeacon.com and search Luke Prophet, you would probably find it there. Yes, I received lots of positive feedback in regards to our friend Luke Prophet. 
Don't worry, he'll be back. He will be back. And looking at the clock now, yes, it's almost time that um, it's almost time that we wrap it up here, boys and girls. I'm afraid it's that time to perhaps listen to a clip from our good friend Paula White. I'm afraid I don't have the Adam or the Adam, the Kenneth Copeland, rather, that audio clip. I don't have that ready. I can't find it. I don't know where it went, but I do have some Paula White to uh, drop for you, which is always fun. When I walk on White House grounds, God walks on White House grounds. There she goes. Right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there and where I stand is holy. That Paula White. I swear there's never it's old. President Trump would be saying no to God. And there and I won't do that. We are in a spiritual war right now. Let every demonic network that has aligned itself against the purpose, against the calling of President Trump, let it be broken, let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. You want me to tell you what my thoughts are? The thoughts of the King of Kings, the thoughts of the Lord of Lords. I'm downloading heaven. I kind of know I'm a little bit cute, all right? I am Paula, who is pretty. Well, maybe I'm not going to be pretty when I'm 90 years old. Here's this former messed up Mississippi girl lived in a trailer that they called trailer trash. Oh. Daddy committed suicide. Oh, no. Got pregnant out of wedlock. Oh, no. Been married, been divorced. Oh. Not just once. Not once. You know, twice. Twice. Well, how'd you become the spiritual advisor to the president? We'll get to that later. It's all in there. Michael Jackson, Kid Rock, the president. It's all in there, all right? It's all in there. Thank you, Paula. What a great job you do. The evangelicals. I hear we're more popular than ever with the evangelicals. You're the only one, and she'll tell the truth. She'll only tell the truth. Southern California is looking at, well, there's already law that's passed through the governor that says the Bible is a book of hate speech and to ban the sale of it. Snapchat was created as the largest human trafficking because the greatest people on there were human traffickers because the FBI and because intelligence could not do it because it's live and it's real time and they can track your kid in less than a second and take them. There's a department of treasury in heaven God is watching over everything you do and you are storing up eternal treasure that will go so far beyond I think that we can even begin to imagine do you need this in $3,500 and there she goes that was the one and only Paula White once again thank you ladies and gentlemen for being here with me this evening I hope I have entertained you and enlightened you I hope Jim has entertained you and enlightened you the mind continues to race. I'd like to thank all of you in the chat room for spending your time with us. Those of you who listen purely through the podcast version, much, much respect for you out there. But don't forget, we are live on uh, YouTube. We invite you to interact with listeners like yourself and yours truly. And of course, those who want bonus content, please direct yourselves to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Yes, and that's where you'll find bonus content i appreciate all the nice feedback and the constructive criticism love that i appreciate those who dislike me and wish me dead that is your god-given right to feel that way and i support it i hope this digital message reaches you both through land and sea international listeners out there i see you and of course i haven't done this in a long time but 
Here are the top five stats. It's been a while and this will be surprising because I sincerely uh, am completely shocked by this. Uh, David's asking no more, no, no more phone calls. Uh, no, I'm not taking any more phone calls. Matter of fact, I stopped taking phone calls a while back. Yes, I, I'm afraid to say, but yeah, I had to cut this uh, segment short here. I apologize. Now let's begin. Number five, Washington. And that actually is quite strange. Hello to the feds out there. I hope the show has been entertaining for you too, but I've got nothing to hide. Don't worry about the whistleblowers. They mean no harm and love our country too. Number four, Florida. We love all of you crazy bastards out there in Florida. There's never really a boring day out there, that's for sure. Number three, Texas. I had no idea there were so many Texans out there. Those of you out there tuning in, I appreciate that. Thank you for checking in. I hope everything is well for you. And of course, number two, Virginia. Can you believe that? I had no idea West Virginia was enjoying the program as much as they were. I'm kidding. I'm not quite sure if it is West Virginia or not, but regardless, they are in the house. And of course, number one, it should not be a surprise, California. You know, I never talked to many of you out there here in California, but you know, my heart is with all of you. We get a lot of shrapnel out there. We get a lot of heat. But California still kicks ass and the buildings don't block the sun. The state may be sinking into the Pacific soon and the earthquakes will have us rumbling and tumbling around. Who really cares? Now, before I pull this Larry Silverstein style here, thank you kindly for being a part of the program. I want to thank all of you out there once again, Jim Fetzer. And yes, you in the chat room right now. Those of you listening to the sound of my voice, thank you so much. And uh, thank you to Max for donating. Really appreciate that. And of course, thanks to the mods. Thanks to Lilith. Respect. Will we have a better tomorrow? The mind continues to race, as I mentioned earlier, as we have reached the point of no return. We really are in some sort of dark abyss. And there is absolutely no rescue party in sight. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night everybody.